Well, welcome, gentlemen, hello, and a hello. happy Thursday to you all. Indeed. Happy Thursday, guys. What's going on? Greg. Wow, Greg, your voice sounds so uh, full Girthy. and resonant. Your voice like you're is not li- full. There's a keyboard to your left. This is we are back in business. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, just got back into town, uh, back into LA from three weeks of tour. So. Yeah, it's been. Flew into LA after three weeks of tour. Yeah, right. Bed last night. (laughs) Back in the USSA. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so actually, I never left the USSA. I've, uh, but I've been uh, all around it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Really all around it, man. Because you sure have, man. Dude, I uh, yeah. This last time, because we were doing a tour of the Midwest and then took a break, not break, but we we had a an opportunity to go play in Key West open for Badfish, which is a tribute for Sublime. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to ride friggin' jet skis we took around a, the island. Yeah, that was great, too, because, like, the... <laughs> yeah, it's um, been a tough, tough time. Look like. <laughs> <laughs> it, we were, you know, it, it's... I, I know, we, we laugh, and but, it was, you know, we were pushing ourselves, but we had to have a little fun, too. Um, so, hell yeah. we, were, we were all taken care of in Key West, and... Um, but it's still, you know, tons of travel because we we went down there for two nights. Went, flew right back and played at the Blind Pig in Ann Arbor. Mm, um, all right, so like a legendary club. It's mm-hmm. really cool. And then went to Grand Rapids and played some other shows. Um, finally, ending at the Vogue in Indianapolis, which is one of my favorite rooms. Their Wi-Fi password is Zappa something because Zappa <laughs> played there. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, which I caught the first well time. Played. Uh, nice. Yeah, the first time I went, he, he's like one of many historic names because it's it's. The, I, I it, love I love that that's the one they chose to make the Wi-Fi. Me password. too, me too. And it, <laughs> it's such a wonderful staff. Everybody at the Vogue, unbelievable. Um, like we'll play this song, "Snow" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Do 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 do, and like second verse, they drop mm-hmm. fake snow. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like you're just like, dude, like that's dude, a that's high awesome. level. I mean, and on top of the lights being like beautiful. And the sound yeah. being amazing and the staff being friendly and they fill our rider, you know, bottle of Patron in the green room. You're like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. It's on. Damn. You know? They know how to take care of some artists. Jet skis are parked out back. You're ready <laughs> to go. <laughs> in Indianapolis jet skis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They gave us motorcycles. <laughs> there you go. But good uh, shows, good turnout. The kids yeah, are still into the, the chili peppers. Uh, yeah, definitely. Very fun uh, week of shows. Um, I, but I was just telling Nick before you hopped on, Jay, I mean, since the last time we talked, I played a show every day except for yesterday. But when, Damn. But, but, I, but I flew in on, new, on no sleep yesterday. Right. So it wasn't really like a day off or anything. No, that was yeah. like a, yeah, sleep day. Yes, but I've been veg- I've been vegging out. I've been finally binging Squid Game. Yeah, okay. baby. <laughs> which, which like which started right as I left. I was like, I can't watch it right now because I, yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, um, good stuff. So baby. It's, it's just number four fifty six. Yeah, represent, <laughs> represent. Uh, man. How are you doing, Jay? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, had a big weekend. Uh, lots of family stuff. Went out to the pumpkin farm. Went out to to pick some pumpkins okay. and actually just randomly ran into a friend of the pod and friend of, of yours, Nick, Mr. Tim Youngworth. Oh, about that. Just randomly Tim. there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, so I got to catch up with him, which was great. Got some good pumpkins. Uh, pumpkins. Yeah. How about you, man? Beautiful. Doing good. Took the boys uh, camping in Gettysburg and uh, went to a haunted barn and they did trick or treat at the campsite and we didn't sleep much. Yeah, I bet. 
and it was, mm-hmm. uh, but it was wonderful. It was a great weekend. So <laughs> yeah, fill your little, kids up with stuffy. candy and scare the crap out of them right yeah. before scare they scare the bejesus out of them and turn and yeah, and then say try to sleep with the campfires. <laughs> <going> so, so <laughs> yep. Nick's like try to sleep. Like puts on his Jason mask. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Boys, I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> right. I'll just lock the tent behind me. Yeah. Well, I know that's the way I feel every Thursday evening whenever we finish up wrapping up these podcasts. I'm mm-hmm. scared as hell and just not ready to go to bed whatsoever. That's right. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can relate. We, we don't know how yeah. everybody's going to take it because we, exactly. we need more reviews. Indeed. There's the we time. do. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Well, with that in mind, let's give them something to talk about this, this right, week. What do you do say, it. guys? Yes. Yes, that's right. Coming back at you with another episode. This is the always controversial, always on point, <laughs> always at the front of the news. So you should check it, it out podcast. That's right. This is episode 116 mm-hmm. coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And good goodness gracious, <laughs> nice we have a great show for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if I could summarize what we're all about to do here as okay. a teaser, I think Greg's going to be talking about some older music. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about some newer music, mm-hmm. and then Nick, to wrap things up, is going to be talking about feelings about music in general. Yeah, yeah. Why old music? Why old music? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take go. it. Cool. All right. Well, I couldn't have set it up on the TV any better for you there, Greg. I, I agree. And I, <laughs> I, nothing I could say could top that. So why don't we just jump right into a clip? Let's do it. Um, I, I, uh, this is a, uh, this is some you're, pretty you're heavy gonna, stuff. You're going to hop into this one without any explanation? Well, I like it. Yeah. Let's just but speaking it. of terrifying. <laughs> That's true. It is a little bit, it's a little bit abrasive. Yeah, we're just gonna have to fade it in then. Excellent, excellent. Well, well. So, let yes. This is a new, newly released. So it's old music, but newly released recording of John Coltrane in 1965 in Seattle, playing the music from A Love Supreme. And before I jump into anything else, you heard Nick humming the the theme there. 
Now I've seen I picked I picked this particular part mm-hmm. of this movement. So basically, uh, a love supreme is um, consists of four movements, and uh, it's it's a it's basically this religious love letter that John Coltrane kind of wrote a jazz uh, symphony kind of mm-hmm. about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so part one is acknowledgement, part two is resolution, part three is pursuance, and part four is psalm. Um, this is uh, from part one, acknowledgement, where he plays the A Love Supreme theme, like which Nick was humming. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. actually hear in on the record, you hear A Love Supreme, you hear these yeah. actual voices chanted. A Love Supreme. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so people know that. But what they might not realize is that when he plays it there, he's playing it in all 12 keys. Yeah. And he's like, kind of however he wants, but he'll repeat it in the same key, but he's playing it in all 12 keys as kind of a device to open our ears. Because he's sort of, he's like, he's playing it each, it works every time. Yeah. Even though the bass and and the uh, piano have a tonic center. They're playing in the same. I think they're in E flat minor or something, just banging out chords, mm-hmm. you know. But it's still boom is sort of the tonal center, and then he's just playing in all twelve keys. Da 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 da. You know, da, I, da. I I never actually knew that. I I heard that piece plenty of times, but I didn't know that that was what was going on there. That's really yeah. cool. And it's not like he does it like he plays it once and goes up a half step and then does it again and right. a half step. Mm-hmm. He's, he's bouncing around, but he's getting all of them. At least that's, mm-hmm. I've never like confirmed that, that he mm-hmm. gets them all, but I'm pretty sure that's, that some of the people who've studied it hard. I believe it. Yeah. And it's in his, there's actually a, a really interesting sketch of how, of uh, it's like one page long for a love Supreme that he wrote. Wow. And he says at that point, he's like, play theme, all 12 keys. He says all keys. Oh really? All keys. That's what well, I was wondering that, like how does, how do you translate a love supreme into a live setting? Like, how do you, how do you translate that music to other musicians? Well, especially when it's unrehearsed. So, (laughs) you know, um, so essentially, um, the, uh, the lineup for this recording, well, it has a very interesting story that, that we, um, we were able, lucky enough to get a a really good article about it in the New York times by this talented writer named, uh, Giovanni, Arusolono, mm-hmm. I think um, is his name, but he was uh, he was in the uh, DC jazz scene before he moved up to New York. Yes, he used to hang out at funk arc shows and other jazz musicians. Oh, right, Russinello, Russinello. Russ- yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, I just know him as Giovanni, and uh, we've mm-hmm. been friends online ever since those days. And so it's really cool. This I've actually spotted some New York Times articles in the past, and like, oh, there's there he is, man. Like, there he is. Know, that's Giovanni. awesome. Uh, yeah. And then this one, you know, I was like, oh, this is gonna be great to read. Oh, there he is again. Wow, you know, he's really doing. It. So shout out to Gio- Giovanni man nice work yeah totally because I read this uh, anytime I see that he's written something I read I make sure to pay extra careful attention to his craft because he loves he really writes well about jazz because he loves it mm-hmm. yeah um, so this is a great article in the New York Times about this new this new recording so it's like how did it come about well as it turned out I, I'm going to kind of like tell it in not the order that the uh, article presents it but essentially he was doing a uh, residency at this club in um, in Seattle. He had, he had invited Pharaoh Sanders. At this point, was in the band. Who was another tenor player. He had a second yeah. bassist because the the original quartet was uh, Coltrane, Elvin Jones on drums. He's there. McCoy Tyner on piano, mm-hmm. and uh, Jimmy Garrison, I think, on bass. And then mm-hmm. now you have you're adding Donald Donald Raphael Garrett as a second bassist. Yep. And then uh, wow, yeah. 
on alto sax, he had a guy named Carlos Ward. And so here's the deal is that in this club, there was an opening band called the Daytime Band. <laughs> okay. And the leader of that band named Joe Brazil, he was a avid reel-to-reel taper kind of guy and so he like wanted a mobile to, taper guy yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the shows yeah but he, that's awesome. especially his own performances mm-hmm. so using like the house setup he, he he wanted to tape his own performance yeah good on him right yeah so he set it up but he figured hey i might as well tape this one too yeah coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um and like one of, and it just so happened that he decided oh you know what we've never we never really do this let's play a love supreme and the band was unrehearsed you wow. know, so I imagine though, I mean, this is after it was recorded. So the core quartet knew the songs, but not everybody, right. not these new players coming in. Yeah, now it's you like can definitely, you can definitely hear like, especially at the beginning of that part there, like you got the people that know the tune or mm-hmm. at least the, the, t- yeah. the changes or the structure a little bit. And then the people who are trying to, you know, it's loose. Yeah, make yeah, it it's happen. loose. It's very <laughs> that, loose. But, but that's what. So it was what. That's actually a really interesting point, though, because this is he. This is him, kind of like metamorphosizing into the next phase of his career, right? Where right. he's basically like given up composition. He's way yeah. more into noise. He's way more into. That's what's so rare about this, right? Is he really didn't play this after he put it out, even no. though it was immediately accepted as like a masterpiece. Yeah, but as um, you as you could imagine. You know, he was like, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. There's right. one other famous recording of him playing in France right. that was just released this past year. And that's, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time listening to that, and that's great. Oh, this, shoot. Okay, this cool. is a completely different beast. Yeah. Wow, nice. Well, I have, nice. To get that, I have to get into that one, too. I've been stoked for this one because I heard it was, I heard, I heard it was being released a few months ago. And I jotted it in my notes, like, talk about this on the podcast when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been looking forward to this. and uh, But yeah, so basically, he, this guy uh, recorded... Uh, this gig, uh, Joe Brazil, um, he had the boxes just sitting in his, you know, in in his uh, attic or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, until this uh, this writer named Steve Griggs, he was actively looking for people to interview like about that scene, about that period of time when Coltrane was in Seattle playing. Wow. Wow. He was just trying to find like any kind of like thing to write Anybody about. Anybody any information yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead, he ended up, uh, you know, t- after talking to Joe Brazil's widow, going through yeah, this stuff this and finding died, these right? tapes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, The guy died in 20, 2008. Yeah. And so there you have it. Um, so yeah. now, now there's 300 people in attendance at that show. Um, but yet, uh, somebody in the article, this uh, young sax player named Emmanuel Wilkins, said somehow they escaped. They escaped surveillance. You know, <laughs> they didn't really. They didn't really. You know, they're not playing like they're in front of three hundred people. Yeah, they're yeah. playing like they are it's all t- trying to trans. Little, yeah. They're trying to transcend. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. and that's that's basically that's the point. You know, and you don't stop playing your solo until you've taken the whole band with you on some like. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so anyway, thought I must bring attention to this. Um, I'll, we can listen to one more clip and then and then move on because I, there's only so much I can say about this music. I mean, John Coltrane. Well, dude, I, is, I listened to this like it was like three or four times over the weekend, uh, and I'm oh, actually wonderful. really excited now to hear this France one, Jay, Jay that you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I because I kept going back to the original just to just to because my gosh, there's so much going on. And the other thought I had was how 
terrifying it must have been every night you played with this guy because oh, he yeah. would just just it's almost like by design he would try to get you off your like get you out of your comfort zone right and 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 just mix it up and and just test everything and make it make the make that part of the performance yeah, was like right. the anxiety probably that the band yeah. members felt but just like forcing you to be creative on the spot yeah yeah yes. yeah yeah which yep. uh which you know i've i've dealt in the you know sometimes I, sometimes some gigs you don't deal with that sometimes you have to you're you're supposed to be prepared in a completely different way it's cool as when you're the one orchestrating it it's yeah. terrifying yeah. <laughs> receiving it well it depends on what the consequences are yeah you yep. know what i mean like yep. that, that's that's the, the, but i think that these players were all def were all embracing of that mm -hmm. you know musical climate until they weren't and then they quit yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's true that's true but, but I mean, yeah they, so there you have it I, I'd love to play this other clip um, Jay if you have it it's from this is from part three you're actually gonna hear McCoy just ripping it Goodness gracious. God, Elvin Jones blows my freaking mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, man. Yeah, I mean, what a gem. You know, I, I, I have such high respect for this music. I know you guys do too. And, uh, mm. you know, John Coltrane, he, you know, some, I was telling someone, I, I said, you know, musicians are lucky if they have a voice, mm -hmm. you know, but like he, did, he had his own like language. And then yeah. he wrote like, a jazz bible in that language you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. wow. it's like that's well said man you know well like, I and mean, that's why they literally have churches for him now mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so it's it's intense you know it's really intense spiritual stuff and uh, mm -hmm. anyway i don't mean to get the show started on this like heavy foot you know but nah, bro, uh, it's but, but yeah that's it's we're here for. yeah exactly I, I figured you guys would obviously appreciate it as much as i do and hopefully yeah. you do too out there Hopefully, you're, listener. You, yeah, listener. <laughs> if you're if you're a jazz fan, I mean, you know, I probably don't have to. I'm preaching to the choir, but if you're not, go listen to the original Love Supreme. Yeah, yeah. I, I was good, about to ask. Like, it's I wouldn't say it's for the uninitiated. It's certainly not. Really? No, I never claimed it would be. No, this is for um, like the advanced Coltrane listener, and you also have to put up with some. It's not the best quality. It's like yeah. work. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Definitely go back and listen to the album. I think anybody can appreciate anything from from the album. It's it's out as well, but and it has its weird moments, but it's it's much more understandable. 
but yeah. cohesive. Yeah. Once once you have that understanding and a little bit of you know roots in what Coltrane does and what he's trying to get across, you know, a document like this is is pretty. I mean, it just can't be beat. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not, they're, God ain't making any more John Coltrane's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that we get is worth is worth a lot. So yep. there you have it, boys. Well, thank All you, right. Mr. Greg. Sure. Old music, check. Old but old, old, old but new to us. New to us. Yeah, right. this is true. Jay so, Rome. yeah, uh, I, I'm going to try to fill in the gap here and be the new music guy for this week. Ooh, okay, excellent. I, I, I feel like October 2021 has been pretty good for new music. There's been All a right. lot of I've been a lot of releases that have come out and a bunch that have caught my ear. So I thought I would uh, take you guys through the paces of at least uh, we're gonna talk about three albums that have caught my ear from album, from artists that uh, I either appreciate or are new to me. Excellent. Right on. You guys down? Yeah. Heck yes, absolutely. Excellent. Cool. Well, first up, hmm, where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? I think I want to talk about La Luz. Have you guys ever heard, about, heard of them? I don't think so. No. La Luz, I have heard of before, but I can't say I've ever done a deep dive on any of their albums. But this album caught my ear. This is a trio all female from Los Angeles. Okay. And they just have like a really, really, really California retro vibe. It's really good stuff. Nice. Brand new album just came out. It's called La Luz. It's their self-titled, I think it's their third or their fourth album. But uh, it's really good. This is the opening track off of this. It's called In the Country. summer vibes strange they uh, offered that in october it would have been a great one in june you know yeah July. yeah but, uh, is that some fits plate in reverb? pretty well what was anyway. that was some that was old sounding <laughs> yeah yeah they they have this uh style that i don't know if it's their term or not or some critic earlier on called it surf noir mm. Mm, which i think yeah. fits pretty well yeah i like that yeah it, it slap enough reverb and echo on something it's gonna sound kind of <laughs> right, surfy right. and noir <laughs> totally no, but they got that kind of 60s, you know, reverby nostalgia. Um, it's not all that. They got some more up-tempo stuff, and that's uh, really good. The, the, I was going to ask, is it great. all that mellow, or is it? Yeah. No, no, it's not. Uh, they have some more up-tempo stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a stereo lab. Thing. Yeah. 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 Soft psych type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stereo lab's a good one. Yeah. Um, so that's that's in the country. Another good one off that is is uh, The Pines. The Pines is another really great song okay. off that album. Hmm. So. Excellent. Cool stuff, La Luz. 
Uh, next up, another self-titled album, but not from a new artist. This is My Morning Jacket coming out with their first self-titled album, mm-hmm. My Morning Jacket. This is their first album to come out in six years. Okay. I don't think I don't we've know. ever really talked about My, My Morning Jacket. Are you guys uh, into them at all? Yeah I, yeah, I actually am a little bit. Yeah. Are you? I, I, I only think that I'm not, but I don't know that that's a, that's a fact. So <laughs> it's, they're very they're very hit or miss for me. I'll admit. I, I would agree okay. with that, Greg. I there. Then I, I feel like maybe I listened to them at a point when it was a, a clear miss, and I just wrote them off. So I'm sorry, Greg. Go All ahead. Right. No, no, no. I fell in love with their album. Uh, Z is the name of the album. Oh yeah, and that came out in 2003, I think. And that is just a masterpiece, man. It's really good. Is, it, is that um, the one that has that song on the level? Yeah. That's a fun song. Keep it on the level. Cool. Uh, And they're a fun band. They don't take themselves too seriously. Um, They got a lot of kind of jam band aesthetic to them, but they can write a really catchy uh, pop song. So they kind of bridge this gap between kind of indie sound and this southern rock. They're from Louisville, Kentucky, which is weird. Circuitle is a cool record of theirs. Circuitle, yeah. Circuitle, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was the follow-up to Z. That's oh, also yeah, an excellent yeah, yeah. record. Yeah. I have that but on wax. They, it's good. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, they kind of went through this lull that I kind of lost track of them after Circuitle. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, this record is interesting. It took me a couple listens to kind of get into. Um, the first two tracks on it are kind of like the single tracks, and they sound different from the entire rest of the album. Okay. Um, but it's good. It's good. I like them. I, this is probably my favorite my morning jacket album since circuitle uh it's it's slower it it like i said it takes two or three listens to get into because there's some some deep cuts with there's there's a couple i think there's two nine minute jams on it oh wow it's pretty awesome yeah um but they'll there's there's songs that will start with like kind of a a standard progression and then go into a long jam at the end of it so they're kind of set up for a, a good live show it's good stuff though uh, I would like to highlight a song called Lucky to Be Alive, which is another one of these that has, it starts off as a very standard song and then goes into this really jammed out hard outro, which we won't get to hear, but this is the cool beginning of Lucky to Be Alive. Sweet. The technology came and stole my living again. Ain't nobody buying records no more. Cut off all the bread that he used to keep us fed So thanks for coming to the show You know I ain't gonna crawl and I ain't gonna beg I'm gonna write my own rules for life And so I head out on the road You know we gonna make it work I feel lucky That's going to be a no from me, dog. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, this guy's voice. That's that's the uh, thing that, okay. for whatever reason, yeah. I think, whatever bad association I have with that. But I'm going to I'm gonna check out Z and Circuital because yeah, I need to give them another some, shot. There's some cool yeah. tracks Start with on them. them. Um, that, yeah. that song, once I started it, it was like, well, this doesn't really sound like anything like I described. And it doesn't really sound like the rest of the album. 
it was just the one that kind of popped out to me that like, oh, that might catch their ears. So, yeah, okay. don't don't write it off from that song. Definitely there's not there's other that. good stuff on there. All right. Okay. Well, cool. yeah, they're, they're very talented guys. And I remember seeing a side project. Uh, Gold was in the name. It was a side project that the drummer for My Morning Jacket had with uh, Adrian Casada, who ended up doing Black Pumas. Oh, okay. oh right. Okay. Um, uh, maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, That's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Spanish Gold. Spanish gold, yes. So, so that was, uh, yeah, that was the drummer. His last name is Hallahan, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Patrick Hallahan. Patrick Hallahan. Yeah, he's a good drummer. And they've done some stuff with Roger, like uh, with Roger Waters. He, they've oh, been really? his backing band for some stuff. They they uh, are all over the place, aren't they? Like they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're they it seems like they're always like in a festival scenario and yeah they they tour yeah. a lot yeah they tour yeah. a lot well, because, because of the jam, jam band ethos yeah exactly so they they sort of they can chameleon their way into a lot of different situations yeah 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 that's um, cool but and they're really good players sometimes their songs are just annoying to me just frankly <laughs> yeah Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. but some of them are not some of them are really really cool 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 all right well this one this last one might be the most controversial pick of all of them because I'm not right. even sure how I feel about this. Oh, okay. okay. I so, listened to so it twice brave. the whole way through and uh, there are some cringy moments on it and there are some really, really cool moments on it. Hmm. This is the Parquet Courts. Parquet Courts. Yeah. You guys ever listen to any of their stuff before? No. No. no? All right. Uh, well, they're a band from New York. Uh, they kind of, I think they got started in the mid-2000s. They were kind of like a, a post-punk very aggressive kind of angular basically a punk band um and they have transitioned they've kind of tried to branch off into a bunch of different directions doing some more pop stuff but lately they're doing more dance type stuff which Hmm. usually uh you mean just me saying that like a punk band trying to do dance stuff can turn out well i don't know not always Uh, talking heads is going to be your touchstone here okay. okay All right, so this is the lead single. This is the opening track off of their new album, which is called Sympathy for Life. Sympathy and this is not particularly... This this particular track is not very talking heads, in my opinion. This this is more like trying to rein, reinvent Britpop from like the mid-90s. I'm still mm-hmm. on an Everything Everything kick, so I, it's my, this All might right. suit. This might suit. All right. There you go. This one's called Walking at a Downtown Pace.
Mm-hmm. You hear the has a Brit pop there? Yeah, it kind of has a Kurt Smith. Isn't that the Tears for Fears guy? <laughs> wow. His yes, voice. Yes, that's an excellent pull. And yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his voice. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, so they got that kind of like uh, kind of dance groove going on. That's a fun song. Like, it's kind of kind of dancey. Then they definitely do like some talking heads just like ride one very machiney type groove the entire way through. And that, that of course, I love that style of music if it's done right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do they, another one of their big influences the, is the German band Can. And okay. so they, they have some more like kind of synth pop drum and I don't want to say drum and bass, but just dance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then they have some more like hard rocking punk stuff in here to, as well. It's it's really hit or miss. I, I'd be interested for you guys to take a full listen to the album and okay. let me know what you think because there are some really good songs and then there are some songs where it's just like the guy's voice is just really grating. Like yeah. he's, he's really, really kind of atonal, like mm-hmm. purposeful atonal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Same way with the guitars, like purposefully out of tune and asynchronous abrasive. And, and abrasive. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't for me. Okay. Um, but it's gotten really good reviews so far. Even the Mighty Pitchfork gave it a six, 7.6. 7. 7.6. 7. Uh, All right. 7.6. So. There you go. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yet uh, uh, Walking at a Downtown Pace, that's the song we just played. Homo Sapien. And uh, yeah, there's some other good songs in there. Check it cool. out. All right. All right. Sympathy for Life from the Parquet Courts. That's, that's uh, good. Good. <laughs> Jay dropping all the the new uh, the new jams. I know. Well, hey, great. You know, I, I tried it. to stay current. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it, it, whatever event. you know is on the AM radio. So the this is what the kids on. they are listening mm. to this, huh? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think this is what the uh, mid thirties to just about turning forty uh, post age, yes. rockers are listening to. <laughs> I see. Yeah, in my morning jacket, parquet chords. I don't know if that's the kids or not. We'll see. <laughs> well, that's the, my best. That's my best attempt at. at divining it, did the good. new musical roots but, but if the kids there. go to a music festival they'll probably see my morning jacket in some of these Fair bands enough. you know so good point good point they don't have a choice <laughs> right <laughs> but that's all I got yeah, awesome. let's wrap this I'm gonna, bad, bad boy up we're gonna do this I'm gonna bookend this, this sucker but first Jay you were kind enough having not heard any response from me earlier this this morning when usually <laughs> I would be like jumping all over the stuff because uh, it was a hectic weekend and I had emails to catch up on. So you sent me a cool article about uh, the fact that this is the 20th anniversary of Dismemberment Plan's album, Change. Oof. Which, yes. Which definitely changed me as a drummer. 20th um, anniversary. Unbelievable. And so I thought just to commemorate that, we could uh, give another listen. I think I've pulled one of them from the like most influential to us episode we did yes. the last yeah. time. Um, I played Following Through, but I'd like to play... I would like to, before we play this though, I'd like to play this song called Time Bomb. And mm-hmm. what I want anyone out there to do who's ever even aspired to be a drummer is listen to this opening riff and imagine you're the drummer and you need to come up with a drum beat for this riff. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so and let's hear what Joe Easley does because uh, it's freaking brilliant. Well said. <laughs> Well, I've forgotten at the bottom of your 
Ah. I've never gotten sick of that song. God, no. I love that song so yeah. much. So good. So good. Um, and, and like you were saying, like the, the drums are such an integral part to that because it's it's really a pretty simple song. I mean, it gets into some weird changes towards the end, but like... Yeah. But where does the drummer come up with... The, I'm, I'm just going to hit all of the drums. Yeah, I'm just going to hit all of the drums. I'm just going to subdivide <laughs> everything and I, I'll get back to the one. Don't worry, guys. Just somebody else lock this down because I'm going to just... I'm going nuts. But I think we've mentioned this before, like... It's it's really impressive when there's a drum part that's an that's iconic enough that whenever you listen to it, you're waiting for that drum part to come in. Yeah. Especially if it's just a you know if it's not a fill. Yeah. What, the part I'm talking about is during the verse. Mm-hmm. Is like right after the it, Travis says, and I there's those three open hi hats. Yep. Pss, pss. Yep. But I am a time bomb, and I. Pss, boom, pss, boom, pss. Boom. Yep. That's like. That's like the hook of the song to me. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. Like I yeah. love that he, part. He, he hits the I, crash on two, which is very Lars Ulrich. The, the, <laughs> he hits it on the. <laughs> yep. Yeah. On the up, uh, yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. So cool. It's a great, great album. If anybody hasn't checked it out, um, definitely give it a listen. So good. Change by the summer plan. Change if there's one the thing sm- that we could teach you, aside yeah. from Zappa. And Zappa, John Coltrane. And, and Coltrane. A bunch of other stuff. Dismember Plan. Yeah, Change by Dismember Running plan. list. Yep. <laughs> um, go to youshouldcheckitout.com slash playlist. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, okay, guys. Yes. Uh, to set this up, there's this other podcast out there that's, I don't know, it's, you know, they're... they're there are uh, other podcasts? I know, mm-hmm. I know. And I know that our listeners are probably like, what are you talking? Yeah. But um, there's this podcast out there called, uh, little little this little one called Radiolab um, mm. that has just started a... A five-week series, five-part series, uh, that basically this one guy, one of their staff, like producers, it's kind of he just did this whole thing on his own, and it's all about how cassette tapes kind of changed everything in music. Oh, and it, it the opening episode was really cool. Uh, it it was talking about the onset of cassette tapes, that it was like this windfall for for record companies because they could just press these things so much quicker than they could vinyl, sure. um, or just you know spit these things out to the point that they would have a massive surplus of extra cassette tapes laying around that they didn't end up selling. And uh-huh. what they would do is they would run it through this machine that would that would have like a circular blade almost make a big cut in it, and then, then it became trash. It was no longer like a saleable tape. It was like it had been cut. Okay. Then they'd take all of those, they put it into a container, and they would send that container to China. Because apparently <laughs> that's where we send Whoa. our trash, unfortunately. China. Um, and China. there was th- China. China. There was this professor there, this music professor there, that came across these cassette tapes, just these heaping piles of cassette tapes, and he actually came up with like a pretty efficient system of of repairing these tapes. <laughs> and he basically would repair these tapes and then kind of get them out there, like let the students listen to them and this music <laughs> just kind of got released to China, like out out of nowhere. So there was this guy that was talking about, he was this, he's this, uh, this musician that was out there for whatever reason, and he caught a show, and it's this punk band that's just thrashing and like tearing it up. And then right in the middle, they go into like this like 80s hair metal guitar solo section that's like <laughs> no place in, in this song at all. And it's because these kids grew up listening to like, you know, the Ramones and then Judas Priest, and then, and then they would find Dylan. And and like he was he was talking about that this professor specifically was talking about that he had trouble because he would say like well what do you think of the Beatles and they would say it's boring 
um, because huh. they would come across the Beatles after they'd listened to everything that the Beatles kind of created for them. Uh-huh. Um, and so they had no kind of idea of of how this music, like the, the, the timeline that, that existed that kind of led to, to this point. And the guy that's doing the series jumps in and says, I got to jump in because I spent... I spent like my graduate level work just studying jazz saxophone, like he's a saxophone player. And the idea of not having an eye, of not knowing all of the things that have led up to where we are, that Parker kind of came in and, and quoted Miles, and then Coltrane came in and took it one step further, and, 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 but they were all kind of building on each other. Like that's such an integral piece of, 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 of everything that I was working on in my graduate level work. And, and right. it kind of got me thinking, and when and when Greg brought up that he was going to talk about Coltrane today, I thought like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. We've talked about how G- Robert Glasper gets crap from the Marsalis brothers about whatever the heck he's doing, um, and you know how it's kind of kind of seems stodgy or unfair. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to get you guys' take on on that in general. How important is it specifically for jazz? Do you guys think that 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 you have an understanding of uh, as as a listener? I would say first as a listener. That you've got an uh, an understanding of where this what's what led up to what you're listening to. Hmm. That, how is yeah. that for like no, an open I, I, an open yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, I, I see what I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you know if 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 it's just a if a random piece of music is put in front of me and it's like okay you know listen to this or you know take it home and put it on at some point and let us know what you think of this or mm-hmm. whatever. In that case, I guess it doesn't really matter. Because it's just kind of isolated, right? For, for you, the listener, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the history of, well, you know, there were records before this that were sort of leading towards this or whatever, <laughs> or they, or you should have heard the other bands that these guys were a part of before they started this, etc. I find myself working more backwards usually. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, seeking out source material. Well, I, I just kind of, just sort of the way it lands for me uh, a lot more these days I, I king gizzard and the lizard wizard for instance like i'm mm-hmm. starting i'm i'm going backwards i tried to go from the beginning mm-hmm. and it wasn't i wasn't getting it you know and now i you know now we we listened to that butterfly album we all loved it now i'm working my way backwards yeah through their 18 albums in, uh-huh. in three in five years or whatever <laughs> yeah, um yeah. and it's i'm having a much more enjoyable time because i'm mm-hmm. i'm kind of I, i'm still discovering along the way yeah they uh certain signature elements uh-huh. that are consistent, even though they're in this particular case, their records are very different from each other. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that would be one example. Sure. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's a fascinating question because I think ideally, I think if we look at music idealistically, okay, uh, you should be able to take, you know, a, a person from a very remote area and play them something that you call a legendary piece of music, an iconic piece of music, and hit play, and it should have some resonance for them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like ideally. Uh, uh, I think that's actually that that's a that's a hard question too. It is. It is. It. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not I guess... saying I don't think that that is the case. I honestly yeah. don't. Like I think that you need to have context, and what I don't mean like context, like you need to have the personal backstory and have listened to every single Miles Davis album or you know Count Basie album to understand jazz but like Mm -hmm. without context things can't things don't make sense and 
I'm talking about implied context here. Like when we're growing up, the music that our parents play around us. Yeah, yeah. Fills in those gaps without us knowing the intricate details of what we're hearing. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it depends on how isolated the circumstance because if you don't really even know like Western scale, then 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 yeah, then who knows what you're what base right. you're working off of. But um, when when you floated this question, I had an interesting kind of analogy, and I don't know if it holds up or not, but in my mind it kinda does. All right, let's hear. Like if you look at music as 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 like sports. Okay. Uh, and they're not the same at all, but I I think there's some interesting parallels here. So like you can teach a kid to play soccer. Mm-hmm. and teach a kid to play soccer well with his peer group you know just like you can learn to play music well within your peer group mm-hmm. but if you don't ever see Messi play mm-hmm. or you never see you know Cruyff play mm-hmm. you never see Pele play then you don't really know the limits like the potential the capabilities of what, of what you of what can what be can, done. You can what can be done, mm-hmm. and so I, like in thinking about your question, which is really interesting. When I think that the legends give us a touchstone for what's what the potential for the music is, mm-hmm. I think that any music can be good, regardless of context. But what the legends do is they fill in kind of the, the highlights and and like what 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 a lot of other musicians that aren't there are striving to achieve. Yeah, it's almost like a like a timeline of what changed when and why and and who changed it. Yeah, you can look and at like, it that way yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What yeah. about let me flip it. What about or not flip it, but let me tweak it a little bit. What about as a as a performer, as somebody who's performing jazz, uh, how important is it that you that you have a deep understanding of that back catalog? Oh, I mean, absolutely essential, you know. Um I don't think you can really, you know, if you don't start at some kind of source it's going to be very difficult for you to understand uh, how to learn bebop, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a very mm-hmm. dense uh, l- language, you know, let alone like then what came after, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. You with, know, and, and with, perf- with performance, I think it's a different Yeah, I think it's, it's totally a totally different, different piece question. because you're learning the language and you have to really dig in hard. You have to transcribe, you know, which luckily my teachers used to make me do, uh, like Charlie Christian solos. And things mm-hmm. like that, um, which I'm, I'm, I'm more grateful the, m- the older I get, you know, and just and and being able to kind of hone your ear for, so that you're kind of transcribing on the fly, even you know, as I'm listening, I'm trying to transcribe. I'm not actually writing it down, but I might just be like trying to like, oh, that was cool, like you know, just to harness little things like that. And the people who do that all day are like the real. Play- Those are the people who really play jazz. You know, I mean, yeah, like, I, yeah. I've I've played jazz influenced music like heavily jazz influenced music with with real jazz cats. I don't go out there and consider myself one of the, one of the the jazz cats, but I will say that I have m- more abilities to do that than m- most guitar players, even in LA, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because it's not nece- it's not like a prerequisite to know jazz yeah. to play pop. Sure, um, yeah. And I hear it's hard, to, hard know, to make money in jazz, right? Yeah. Now that's not to say that there obviously are like some incredible, incredible, incredible jazz players out here. Um, of course. A lot of fusion guys too, um, but really the a lot like I wouldn't say that about New York, for instance. There's people who mm-hmm. are you know if I was like playing jazz guitar in New York, I would be you know small fish in a big pond because it's 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 intense out there. You know people are very very yeah. dedicated. Mm-hmm. But I've studied with people there, you know, and uh, you know I, I I can play I can play tunes, but it's because I I still work on it all the time, you know, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. transcribing and knowing where it came from. 
like Django Reinhardt, Charlie Christians, like the, some of the earliest jazz guitarists, all the mm-hmm. way up through, you know, um, Wes Montgomery, and through, uh, you know, all the all the guys that came along later, the Mathe- your Matheny's and all mm-hmm. that. So yeah, I think, it's, it's, I think all that. Yeah, I think jazz is an interesting case study too in your question, Nick, yeah. because <clears throat> of the kind of tradition of playing covers and playing, you know, right. stand or yeah. standards. Everything is built off of the the standards, yeah. Yeah. Right, so you can listen to 5,000 people play A Night in Tunisia, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to get back to your question, like, are the legends important? Well, you know, 4,850 of those versions of A Night in Tunisia are going to be pretty bland. (laughs) (laughs) Or or maybe derivative. Probably. Or, or, Or derivative or just not, like, you play it for somebody who doesn't know jazz and they'll be like, well, that sounds jazzy. That's neat. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's that last 1% yeah. might get through to somebody and be like, wow, that's really transcendent. That's really different. That's really neat. And yeah, I think that's I, what the legends provide. I, it's the one genre that I think, well, maybe that, maybe classical, but where, but the genre as a listener, it, it's so much more enriching the more you know. Uh, I agree. Because, well, that's because, a big part of it too, yeah. Because yeah. in listening, you can when you hear... Oh, he just quoted, or she just quoted, you know, some yeah. little thing that this other person did over here. Like you start to connect the dots, and it gives you a deeper appreciation. Um, and because that's kind of baked into the genre, I, I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting thought that we could kind of, kind of chat about. And uh, and I appreciate you guys' thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, really do. Yeah, man. I I think that what you just said there at the end is kind of the, you don't have to know all of Miles Davis's cat catalog to appreciate good jazz mm-hmm. when you hear it if you have right. open ears yeah but you're gonna appreciate a lot more if you do know some of that and you yeah. know where they're coming yes. from yeah. in all likelihood yes you will yeah. Um, yeah. but that depends on how much you want to dig it's the same with any other art form I'd say like film yes. and yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know you could say like even just taking a look at like when they redid the Star Wars movies the first time, or not redid, mm-hmm. but when they started to try to add new ones, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you had this one that came out like twenty years ago. That's so much better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Yeah, very very interesting thing to think about. Cool. Just be careful which, you know, kids. Just be careful which rabbit holes you decide to dive down because you might end up, you know, making a podcast about uh, just these kind of nuances at some point in your life. Indeed. 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 That'd be a waste of time. <laughs> it would. Total waste of time. Yeah. Just come on our podcast and talk about it. How about that? <laughs> right on. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. Man. All right, guys. Wrapped yeah. up with a bow on top, and the cherry is about to come <laughs> via Mr. Greg Lohman telling oh us oh how boy. to get in touch with us. Oh, boy. You should check it out.com. Mm. You'll, you'll find all the episodes in our playlist there. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook. You should check it out. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. Go listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and tell a friend you should check it out. Yes, Mm. indeed. And and before I forget, let me do a little bit of self-promotion here. Uh I'll be playing guitar with the Janine Wilson Band this this Saturday, Halloween night. Well, okay. no, it's not Halloween. Halloween Eve, mm-hmm. right? October thirtieth. Yep, we'll be doing a live stream, so you can check that out. We'll try to link to that on the Facebook there. Um, and I also wanted to say because I missed this a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, I just want to say, say happy this for birthday to Crush. Hmm. We did say happy birthday okay, to Crush. We got that in. <laughs> Guys, you know me. You two know me. You're Jay. Most of the people who who have listened to the podcast this podcast know me mm-hmm. but i have been a fan of the soccer team newcastle united uh since i was 14 years old mm-hmm. i went to a soccer camp and there was a bunch of guys there from newcastle who tried to get us all into newcastle and it stuck with me sure and i've been following this club for the past <clears throat> 25 years of my life and it's been a, it's been a long road it's been a very long road there's been ups and downs mostly downs mostly <laughs> downs but two yeah. weeks ago our, the club, my beloved club, got bought by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, basically, oh, okay. and have now turned Newcastle United into the richest soccer club on the face of the planet. Oh my goodness! So, congratulations, Jay. I this is just for me to go out on the record that in five years from now, whenever we're taking on Barcelona in the Champions League final, uh-huh. and everyone's hopping on the damn Newcastle United bandwagon, you were here well before. I was here well before this, and I have posers, and toiled. all these bandwagon follow. Yep, and you this were is here since, first. This is our audio diary of sorts. I just want it to be on the record it's for my kids record. to know that, and everyone to know that. One sixteen. Here we are. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. So on the record, you know, it's I, not I can too late for attest, you. Man, it's not too late for you guys either. You have worn yeah. their losses hard sometimes. Yep. <sighs> man, <laughs> it's not going to get any better anytime soon either. Uh, um, well, we got. You some know, capital. Greg. I know you're a Marseille guy, but you know it's not too late to pick an English soccer team. Hop on the bandwagon, buddy. Come on, buddy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping your options open. We'll uh, see I how they a, do. I, I have a, a Paris Saint Germain jersey. You know. Okay. Oh, I thought you were Marseille. Where, no. And then where are you from? Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Okay, I'm Bordeaux. sorry. Yeah, that's okay. All right, my bad. Yeah, I would never. Yeah, it's, it's all in Marseille. Are you it's kidding me? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. All right, guys. Cool. Well, thank awesome. you. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Of course. Check us out here every Thursday uh, on all your favorite podcast apps. And, I already did uh, that. Until then. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we... We're under an hour here. We have an hour. We have uh, a oh minute and a half left to fill. So. Oh, they can go back to their busy days. Oh, All shoot. Right. Yep. Thank Good you guys stuff. for listening. Tell a friend, and we'll see you back here next week. All right. Awesome. Peace. See you. Peace. Peace.